Welcome back to Tea and Stuff. As usual, I'm Jeff, and today I have a very special guest, Mr. Don May. Um, people usually know who you are, so not too much introduction is needed. Um, but I guess to start off with just saying hello, and what are you drinking? Hello, hello, Jeff. Nice to see you again, and uh, hello to everybody listening, watching out there, wherever you may be. Um, I uh, it's, it's like 7 p.m. here, so I'm winding down. Um, I am going to be hitting some Jungle Starlet, which is a, a ripe poor tea uh, from, um, from Linsang. So that's what I'm going to hit. And maybe, depending on how things develop, I was looking in my cupboard uh, just before... Uh, I'm gonna reach over. I was looking in my cupboard just before um, coming in here to speak to you. And I saw this, and it just says, keep tin for Celine. That's all it says on it. <laughs> so I thought, what the hell is that? Right? So I, I opened it and look, she's just got like some aging silver needle here. So I thought, you know what? And then I see a note on the back that says aging since 2015. So I'm like, hey, we got some six year old silver needle. So you never know. It, it, depending how things go, that might get broken out a bit later. I know you you sent me a little of one of your um, like uh, self-aged silver needles one time when I when you sent an order out my way and oh my god it was phenomenal phenomenal it's remarkable it's, a, it's remarkable how you can age and it, I I didn't think it would be that great in London but it's actually pretty good <laughs> I've been man you have been I mean I feel like I haven't talked to you in a long time but it's not like you've been vacant. My God, you've been like pumping out videos. You've been pumping out products. I mean, holy crap. It is, it is sometimes head spinning it's in a good way. It's just like, well, you know, the scary thing, the scary thing, Jeff is actually I've been, um, we're, we're behind schedule. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. In term in terms of just like in, orders or no, in terms of releases. No, I, I mm -hmm. mean in terms of in terms of our plans, releases, and all the things. And and the reason for that is is uh I know yawn, 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 but COVID delays are just causing major upheaval in logistics. So just getting our tea is just taking so much longer. So I'm glad that you feel that way because from my side of the table, it's like I've got all these amazing teas and I'm just like waiting for them to arrive, you know? So it's sort of uh, frustrating for me. Well, yeah. If you know what's, if you know what's on deck, you know what I mean? Like that is going to cause a little bit of jitter and anxiety, good anxiety. Um, yeah, man. So it's, how's everything going at the tea shop? Is that, is everything not, you know, is everything it's, just rolling or is it, is it's it rolling. staggered? It's difficult. It's very, very difficult. I mean, tourism is just sort of opening up here. Um, and uh, we do rely on a lot of uh, the international tea heads to, to head over to our place. Um, obviously, we've got, you know, our set of UK people, but even then just the high street and, and I, this is probably just um, an echo of what's going on around the world. But, you know, people have gotten used to being locked up in their home and, <laughs> and ordering stuff online. And, uh, getting people yeah. to sort of come out is, uh, it's not actually a big surprise to me. I've been sort of saying that this was going to be a problem from, uh, the, from day one, but it is, uh, it is frustrating. 
Um, and so, yeah, it's difficult at the moment with the tea house, uh, not going to lie, but, you know, we're hanging in there and, you know, we, we've got a very unique setup in that we've, um, I've got a business that sort of has many different arms. So when one part isn't doing so well, the other part backs it up. And, you know, we hope that, you know, the opportunity is going to come to for, for, for the favor to be reciprocated a bit <laughs> later on. So we'll see what happens. But, but yes, anybody coming to London, please come and visit us because uh, we certainly would love to see you. It's, it seems like such a routine question or like everybody's going to have the same answer. But honestly, with people I know in the tea industry, it's been a real wild card as to, as to how they're doing right now. Um, like I just, I don't know if you saw just a few days ago, I went and met with family in Saratoga, New York, and I stopped at this tea room there that I've been wanting to stop at forever called the Saratoga Tea and Honey Room. And not only do they have, they source you know, single lot, all like single origin of all the types of tea, but they also do their own infused and like rare sourced honeys. Oh, nice. And, and it's only like two and a half hours, if, but it's two and a half hours in the, to the country from where I am. So if, you, if you're going there, you're kind of going there. There's no other else really along the way. Yeah. Um, but I went in there and I went, I think I got there around 10 30, 11 a.m. They had been open since I think nine and they, they were quite busy and in the best way, not only was it busy and you know, they're getting, so it's good. They're make, they're making money. They're, you know, it's good. Hearing what people were ordering got me giddy. I mean, dude, I can't tell you how many, um, old upper class, uh, white women ordered shoe poor. Dude, it was, I'm sitting there just like, look, like, you know, they call out the drink and then I, I, I like look over to see like, oh, who's, who got it. And it's just like, you know, these like old white fogies, but they're like sitting there, they're drinking their da hung pow. They're drinking. <clears throat> um, and so I, you know, I'd heard very good things, but I always go into a tea room experience with a, let's just not have too high expectations. Just let's just look to enjoy ourselves and have a good cup of tea. Um, just so that way you're never really disappointed. Like it's just a good, you never want to build it up too much. Sure. And, uh, I got Sean, of course I got Sean Lin Shi, um, and an Ali Sean and they were, I mean, really high end. Like I, I, I told the owner, I, I gave her so much praise. I was like, that is the best quality uh, Taiwanese oolong I've ever gotten in a tea room. Like it just. And how did they serve it? Did they serve it uh, um, uh, Taiwanese style, or how how would they? You could get it many different ways. I got it just with a um like a big ceramic, not big, but ceramic teapot, um and uh, like they had a little cage that went down in it, but it gave enough room for the leaves to fully open up and all that. They asked me if I wanted to switch to a gaiwan, but at that point I was already two steeps in and I was like, ah, this is, this is more than fine. Um, but I'll tell you the flavor, the texture, the aroma, it was, it was just such, so pleasant. And then the owner is like, if you have time to do, do a, do a honey tasting. And I'm like, oh, that sounds fun. 
and you know you expect there's going to be like a wildflower there's going to be a couple like uh, uh, flavored yeah. infused ones <laughs> but then don yeah. holy yeah. crap yeah she brought out honeys one was as dark as molasses um the flavors were as deep as as aged puer mm. it, it, the the types of flavors were flavors i've never experienced yeah. with honey before i it was such a wonderful extra this cap to the experience and it was just like wow this woman not only is she doing the tea right but she's doing this honey which is like i have to scream to the rooftops about so it's just it was very very impressive and and again it was just it was beautiful to see how busy they were um just pretty much doing straight origin teas it's and great the, and the price also wasn't um exorbitant it, it, it was it was i can't remember the exact but very fairly priced so it was and, and where, the, where the honeys raw honeys i saw i believe so um, i mean i i, I had a, a bit of a moment when was this i can't remember about six or seven years ago um and similar to you where somebody said do you want to try some honeys i'm like yeah sure you know heather honey lavender honey you know mm -hmm. and then they give you these honeys that you're like oh my god like that is flavor profiles that you've never experienced in honey before so broad in their sort of uh differences from like the deep and the dank and the the sort of you know quirky to you know ethereal high floral beautiful you know and i was at that point just like okay honey is one that i could probably get very very deep into um but it's not that easy to find you know um you've got to you, you have to find the right sources for that and that's a, that's a whole other area of exploration so what i'm gonna do is is because i have to shout this from the rooftops because if you're around saratoga you don't know about that place and you like tea you're out of your mind so i told her i want to go and do a video uh, uh her doing a honey tasting for like cassandra and i um because cassandra wasn't with me i i just went by myself so it would be completely new for her but i mean uh she didn't even sample me all of her honeys and i think i did like maybe 12. yeah but yeah. I was, and I knew, <laughs> I knew, I knew there would be differences, you know, I knew some would be lighter, some would be darker, but I was yeah. swept off my feet in just the most beautiful way. So it was. No, it honey was quite... is deep. Honey is deep. And it's another one of those, um, those commodities that, you know, a lot of everyone knows, but that, but, you know, do you really know until you've had one, a, a tasting like that, it is very deep. And it's actually like my, uh, my father-in-law is a is a beekeeper where he makes his own honey and just that just tasting his honey is just like oh my god it's a world away from anything and we actually have london honey well, it's not that surprising but there's a park close to us called regent's park and uh, and there's a single like single estate i mean single park honey just so expensive but is just <laughs> unbelievable yeah, it is remarkable. And it, it stands to reason, isn't it? I mean, you, you're, you're talking about such an interesting um, journey from the, you know, the creation of all of these aromatics in the flower to the pollinators and then, you know, the, the way that it's processed afterwards is, yeah. yeah. 
I, I get you on the honey. I, I, I would so, love to attend one of those tastings myself. So it really, it was just such an experience. It was like, I have to share this. It, it, it at least add help, a, you know, do away. Why don't you stock some at the store? Like little, little, oh, you know, a honey oh, tea combos. They're on that. They're on. Have that. you ever, have you ever, ha have you ever had tea honey? No. Oh. What's what, what is, I mean, obviously involves tea, but what, no, How so from it? the tea, from the tea flower. So honey made from the tea flower. Yeah, it's very, uh, it's actually quite citrus, bizarrely. You wouldn't expect it, but it's uh, almost got um, a, like a lemon balm, lemon oil sort of note oh. to it. It's really, really nice. It's quite medicinal tasting, but quite citric. Like it's the kind of uh, honey that, you, you know, you think about uh, when you have a cold, people might offer you like lemon and honey and hot water. You could literally put the honey in hot water and you would feel like someone squeezed the lemon in. It's, it's like that. It's really, really good. I've got a tiny bit left. I'm sort of uh, um, protecting it. There's man, that'll have to get put on my list. I, I, I'm before I die, I have to try a Taiwanese pineapple. Like that's high oh my up God. On my list. You really that's do. High. I mean, uh, I had my own feelings about how extraordinary it would be before you guys did a video where you like a farmer like chopped it up right there and you like snacked on it but then after like listening to you guys describe it it was like yep that's a, that's what my brain is that's that's where it's going to and yeah. i oh gosh just taiwanese i would just like to I, I hear so many good things about people that go to taiwan um uh, often what i hear people talk about the most is the the food in terms of the vet like the vegetables the fruits like just how much flavor there is um any any particular then, dishes that that often get talked about in your circles it's like the classic beef noodle soup and you know pop i uh i i, I i'm a big fan of taiwanese popcorn chicken like i yeah. i made it for myself the first time uh like last month it, it didn't come out perfect but it came out really really good um I just, I like, I don't like seafood. So pretty much that limits me with Taiwanese to like pork and chicken. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the produce there is really, really good. I mean, you know, as you can tell by the tea, um, do you have, and the have you pineapples are very, very special for sure. Do you have any plans yet of when, or if you're trying to head abroad in any way? for tea Take, no we're taking it every day at a time i mean you know we're clearly not in the right season right now unless i wanted to go hunting for uh autumn uh teas so you know i think we're gonna sort of review in probably february january february see what the yeah. situation is um and see you know where we might want to head for something that's probably going to be not as as intense as our usual trips. Um, and it's also a big question as to whether or not, you know, I go with the family or just go by myself. So that's something that is gonna be decided. We'll see how Ayana's doing and how she's, yeah. you know, if we feel like it's just gonna be, you know, the last thing that we wanna do is, is, is just be tearing our hair out, you know, trying to, I mean, those trips are hard enough as it is with just, you know, the two of us, but, but, you know, having a, a two and a half year old at the same time, that might just push us over the edge. <laughs> um, yeah. So we'll see. 
if you make like that's like one of those examples of like when business and personal life just can have serious conflict um i've been i've been having a lot of of, of that kind of stuff lately i've been having a lot of like personal me and then business me are at each other's throats like personal me wants to do things this way but then business me is like but you have to remember x y and z and it's just been this like are you talking about actually um uh regarding decisions around your business are you having a conflict in sort of like the personal you and the business you or is it literally the personal you is saying i want time to do other things and the business side is saying no i've got to focus on my work it's weird it's like I want to go and have these like do little trips and adventures and include tea and do this filming and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But then when I get there, you know, you also kind of want to be in the moment, but so then I, what I try to do is do both and I try to, but then I'll be filming or whatever and I'll be looking at what I'm filming and I'm like, this isn't a good shot. What am I doing with this? Okay, I'm gonna yeah. have a couple shots of us in this shop, but but then what is what's the narrative yeah. to that? And yeah, so then yeah. I just get super pissed off and frustrated because I'm just like now I'm like oh I've wasted my time and yeah. so it's yeah that is one of those things uh, and uh, you're right I mean every time we do that kind of thing we're traveling and we're we're doing filming you know. Uh, we we have to clearly set about okay now this is personal time and now this is and usually there's a lot of journeying in between so in between you're sort of whatever you know sleeping chatting having fun and then I always look at Celine when we pull up to a farmer's place I just look at her and say game face let's move you know <laughs> and she knows that means right I'm she knows that that means that I'm I've moved into business mode and. Or, or business mode. I moved into let's get the footage now and let's not like go away feeling frustrated that we didn't get what we wanted here, right? We're going to taste teas, we're going to find out everything. And she knows it's just going to be for the next six hours, eight hours, it's going to be full on. Um, and then there's going to be a time where we're just going to go, right, stop. You've got, you have to, because if you do it halfway, you, you, you need to have fun or, <laughs> or you, uh, or you're productive. So it, it, just doesn't work. It's funny though. A lot of people see that as like almost like you know you must be like one of one of those two is the true you, and then the other one you're faking. But with me, it's not. Like I have both. Like I I when I'm I'm very business sharp, but I'm also I like to be casual casual, and those are just completely contrasting. So it's it really isn't a surprise that I have conflict. It's just how do I still plan these like fun like kind of video trips and be able to include friends and cassandra and yes have fun but still get a certain bottom line taken care of and i'm i've been having trouble lately uh figuring out that putting a, 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 a getting a good enough plan together is to execute at least enough to where i know i'm gonna have something that's that's meaningful. Like I'll, I'll, I just keep getting caught in the moment of like, what am I doing? Yeah, no, I know. I think that, I mean, you do your own editing, right? Yeah. And that's really important. I think, because as you do more and more of your own editing, you kind of know which shots you need, you know, oftentimes when I'm in the mountains, I am literally editing it in my head, you know, I'm going, Oh, wait, hold on. There's nothing that's going to join that 
scene to that scene, I need to do a bit here about this, you know, otherwise people are not going to get, you know. Um, and so oftentimes, actually, uh, I'll be sort of uh, late night in the hotel room, kind of thinking about how the day went, what we got, what we didn't get, and sort of almost scripting it going, okay, hold on a minute. So I've got this scene, I've got that scene, I need something, you know, and then I'll tell Celine, all right, tomorrow we've got to get up early, we've got to go to that location because I need to do a bit there, you know. Um, and I think that, that that you editing is is crucial because if you're not editing it, then you're not going to know what you need. No, luckily that's how I, like, I grew up just doing everything myself, like every single part of the production I did myself. So luckily I was already used to doing that. Like I, and honestly, I, I really wouldn't be able to handle it. I mean, it would, it's, there'd have to be a pretty talented person, not saying that I'm ultra talented. No, no, I get it. I would, I would have to be comfortable. I'd have to have somebody who's a real all-star under me. Yeah. No, I'm the same. I mean, you know, I put a video every week and, and I still edit them all, you know, and I'm constantly being told because the edit takes longer than the shoot, obviously, uh, you know, just getting all the footage in and then color correcting it and then, you know, getting, you know, uh, piecing it together and all the rest of it. It takes much longer. And often people say to me, why don't you get an editor? And 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 yeah, on the face of it, you could say, well, yeah, I mean, it's just me talking to a camera. It's not like a complex edit, you know, but. At the same time, I sort of feel like I, I know what, what cues I want to hit and I know what T-heads would probably want to see at certain points. And I have experimented with editors, but it's always just me re-editing it anyway. So I'm just like, why am I paying somebody waiting longer uh, and, uh, and then just re-editing it anyway? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it just, it just it becomes more work than... Uh, I but I, I have obviously such admiration that it's so hysterical. Well, you work against yourself in the way of how when your finished video is so polished and so like pr produ like in a good way produced that it looks, I mean, s s perfectly smooth. Like it just looks so smooth and the way you speak is so effortless at how it comes off when you're watching your videos that I, I think it's easy for people that don't know a lot anything about video editing to assume that like, oh, he's just really good at it. Like he just sets it up. It's just and then he bangs it out. But it's like I, I know that because you've shown your bloopers, you definitely have the the reshoot, reshoot, reshoots. Yeah. And, you know, thankfully, uh, you know, as just as time goes on, you get better at, at nailing the, the nailing what you want to say. Um, and, uh, and the editing gets a little bit easier, but then that's always offset by, oh, I want it to look a different way, or let me get another camera. And, you know, it's sort of like, you never actually reduce the workload. You just sort of replace it with something else. Um, and yeah, I mean, in terms of the teacher videos that those are big, big edits. I mean, those are usually sort of three, four, five day nonstop with lots and lots of gong fu tea by my side, just sipping away and editing. Because you've got hours of footage that you need to sort of, you know, piece together and figure out how to do. But, you know, I do love that. Pro I love that. I love the act of finishing things. I think this is one of the. Um, I think this is one of the secrets to. Success, not my success, but success in general and where I see a lot of people uh, who are very talented, not quite uh, meet their potential is just finish things. 
you know even if you're not happy with it just finish it because like the 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 act of some, leaving something open-ended and unfinished that that that's a heavy weight around you like the act of finishing is the act of learning it's the act of um informing what happens next it, it it is what is required for the next step and yet you see a lot of people with lots of projects that they start and none of them finish and there's something beautiful about the creativity and the safety of i'm working on projects it's much harder to say i am finishing a project and um and that's what the youtube videos give me every week Oops, are you still oh, there? I'll be right. Oh, sorry, I forgot to warn you about that. It's just okay. the, the webcam utility isn't great. Okay. Yeah, and I think that that's what, what the YouTube uh, videos give me every week. You know, it, it, it forces me to, to start and finish something and get it out. And uh, despite Celine's protestations, like, why don't you just take a week off? I'm like, no, I'm not taking a week off. I am going to start and I'm going to finish a video and I'm going to put it out. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that finishing is, is a really important part of the creative process. Yeah, that's you've, you've given me that advice numerous times over the years in different situations. And it, it always is one that resonates with me because it's it, like you said, like it's like I could when I was starting the podcast and I was trying to figure out what it is, what direction to go in. It's like I'd shoot something and I'd be like, no, 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 that's not it. And I shoot something and I go, no, 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 that's not it. And then it was just like, well, you have to get it out there to a figure out what you want it to be, but then see what people get from it, what they like and don't like. And then you can use that to build off. Yeah. And it gives you a sense of completion, which I think is a, is a not um, often talked about as a, as a way to motivate you to work, you know, to, you know, that sense of it's done, it's out, you know, there's, there's product here you know um and i think that that's that's really important and um yeah something that i crave and and i think that's yeah that's what drives drives me forwards i got a i had a really super interesting i, I asked during my live session today i was just like oh yeah i'm having i'm gonna have don on today for the podcast and i was like does any of you guys have any can you think of any you know good questions you want to shoot at me and someone asked i'm sure you're not gonna like love answering this one but don't worry it's it's it'll be good they asked are, how aware are you of how i know you're probably like oh my god what's he gonna say how aware are you of your stature in the in the t world like i know that you know I, you're not the end all end all like don may isn't the t world in himself but i mean how much do you acknowledge uh, I mean, it'd be hard to not acknowledge that you have definitely made some amazing strides. Like, how do you see that? I thought you were going to ask a, a much more difficult question than that. <laughs> uh, um, the, the truthful answer, and it is the truthful answer, is I don't really think about it that much, and I don't really... Uh, I, I'm not, I'm certainly not trawling the internet to find out what people are saying about me or, or you know, unless it's thrown in my face, which happens, you know, from time to time, as, as you are very well aware, um, <laughs> you know, where, where suddenly there's something that blows up and, I, you know, I, I need to sort of address it. But, but ultimately, you know, I, I, we have our channels, you know, we have, I'm constantly on, you know, Instagram, you know, 
answering messages and, and trying to sort of, uh, uh, you know, communicate with people. And we've got the videos. And then the rest of the time I'm dealing with my staff and I'm dealing with planning and I'm dealing with, uh, you know, all of the logistics of running multiple businesses. So uh, I got this question actually in the last Q&As, like, how do you feel about being, you know, one of the famous people in tea? And I, it sort of feels a bit strange to me. I, I, oh, yeah. I'm not like I'm not I'm not like anti. I'm not shying away from it. It's not like I, you know, I'm trying to hide. You know, oh no, that's terrible. I, I have no problem, and I'm quite happy to be. You know, uh, to have. Inf I'm very happy. Like, let's say it truthfully. I'm very very happy to feel that other people have gained something from watching me or you know and 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 hopefully have gained a passion in their life that they that is going to lead to positivity i'm very very proud of that and i'm very very happy about it and i'm certainly not sort of trying to feign modesty on this but i genuinely don't think about those other things like you know how much influence i, I may have or i don't know like i don't know how you are but like i know i am i am easily my biggest critic like i am oh certainly yeah to a to a to a to a degree where i should definitely lay off like yeah. a therapist would definitely tell me that i'm too hard <laughs> on myself but it's like sometimes i have to do that to like keep myself in check because sometimes if you get a couple of those really nice someone reaches out to you and just says like you know something you did really really helped me it's very easy for at least with my character I can my head can inflate and I don't like that at all like I don't I'd never like being cocky so I feel like I do that to try to just like suppress and keep myself kind of at a humbled level because I mean yeah I mean uh I'm very very thankful for all of the comments and messages that we receive and we receive you know gifts from you know and it's just so beautiful right when you receive things popping up on your doorstep, you know, uh, you know, when I was born, lots of gifts came and, you know, we're constantly getting messages and, and I'm very, very uh, thankful for that. Um, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't like to feel that, that that's going to somehow massage an ego in me. I don't like, I, it's not something that, it's not something that I feel comfortable with. And it's not, again, it's not me yep. shying away from compliments. It's just, yeah. I don't, I, and, I, and it's the same with criticism. And maybe this is a difference between you and me. But when I get criticism, I, I listen to it and I reflect upon it, of course, to see whether or not I did something wrong or something could be changed or I've, I can learn something about, how I'm going to act in the future or whatever. So I take, try to take the, 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 the construction out of it, uh, you know, from it, but I don't let it, let me lose sleep. Um, because, you know, I'm, I'm not claiming and I would never think, I don't think anybody can claim to be able to please everybody. And so, you know, and that's fine and that's great. And I actually have no, I actually celebrate that fact. I think it would be weird if, if you know there were people that everybody liked you know it's sort of it's a bit strange that way of thinking about the world so i try to take a middle road where i don't let compliments you know overly inflate an ego and i don't let criticisms you know really bug me or, or bring me down um and 
Sometimes I'm less successful at that than others in both ways. Oftentimes after a Mayleaf session, you know, when we do those big Mayleaf live sessions. Yeah. And, you know, it sort of is one of those buzzers that you get because, you know, you're sitting chatting to, I don't know, three, 400 people and they're all writing and there's this, this, this thing that's happening. And then you, you switch off and then your phone, you turn on your phone and it's blowing up, with, you know, and, and that sort of gives me a very small, okay. Very, very sort of minor experience of celebrity because you, you're just seeing so much stuff being written in one concentrated period of time about you. And I have often found myself sort of at two in the morning, just sort of scrolling through stuff. And I, and I have to sort of go, wait, stop, stop. Yeah. All that you did was drink some tea with some people, just stop, you know, <laughs> go to bed. All those difficult to do because I'm usually wired on caffeine at that point. But yeah, I, it's important to try to take the middle road. And I think that that actually... For no other reason than it'll make make it would it makes for a happier life. Yeah. No, it, yeah. easily. It was just it was just like an interesting I I I personally hadn't hadn't heard you answer that. And I, I knew that that would be your answer, but I was I was interested in just hearing you answer it. Sure. <laughs> what other what was the what was the other? I also wanted to what um are you seeing any positive or negative trends over your way with tea like over here i i'm i, I personally i'm starting to see uh, uh an interesting movement towards not this isn't just with tea but people are demanding that the thing that they spend their money on is really really worth so not only is it worth their money but that what they're getting is a qu top quality product and a lot of the like cafes and stuff have started have started in little little ways paying more attention to tea and I, I think it's because the consumer is starting to demand less of the soda drinks and more of the tea drinks like even our local grocery stores over the past like three to five years um like we have one kind of localish big chain of, of of grocery stores and they have an aisle now of iced tea that is i mean it's you know a lot of it is like the lipton brisk whatever but they have like almost an aisle almost as big as the soft like the soda aisle and it's i i, I can't help but think that it's just a nice little things are i feel like things are heading just in a good direction here that people are wanting to appreciate tea a little bit more that's great i mean i can't say that i've noticed that on the ground in the uk i've certainly obviously with all of the work that we do and and you know that all of the tea sellers are, you know the, the 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 specialty tea sector online are doing you can certainly see a lot more knowledge uh and you can certainly see i mean it's a world yeah. away from how it was 10 years ago you know 10 years ago you mentioned the word shung and people would be like what now you don't even have to qualify that it's a poor tea, you know? And so, you know, I've, I've certainly noticed a, a huge jump in the level of, uh, of knowledge um, overall. I'm sure, of course, there were plenty of people that knew about Shang Pua, but, but yeah. just in sheer volume, you can see that there's so many more people involved. But I think that the, the, uh, the, the point that you are making is a really interesting one and something that I've been thinking about 
a fair amount is uh, assessing quality. And that's always a very difficult thing to do because first of all, it is when it boils down to it, a personal thing. So, you know, you can't, you can't make black and white rules and say that's low quality and that's high quality, even though most of us would agree that, you know, single estate is, you know, but <laughs> so, so, you know, that you've got, you've got uh, the personal side of it, but, but what sort of annoys me and I find that I really want to try to push back on is this, this uh, faux quality, you know, that whole thing of, is it something that is Instagrammable and shareable and, you know, soundbitey and, and I see this battle going on, uh, battle may be too strong a word, but I can certainly see this tension developing where you see that you've got a consumer who is um, intent on trying to find quality and trying to understand what quality is. And that's wonderful. But then they are being met with lots of red herrings um, where you, you sense that they're being fed the wrong information. And, you know, I'm not obviously the arbiter of what the right and wrong information is, but in my mind, some of the information is, is not being um, disseminated properly or, um, or it's, uh, it's, the, it's been made into something that's very convenient to take a good picture or, you know, and the concept of intrinsic quality, the concept of what is the quality of this product, be it tea or whatever, is so um, masked with so much hype that it's, it's, it can be difficult for those consumers to find their way. And I think that the only way that you can find your way in those situations uh, is with effort and with dedication and with uh, a, uh, a commitment to it. And one of the difficult things is that the soundbite generation that we are living in, where YouTube videos need to be two minutes and, you know, and, you know, this whole thing of you've got to appeal with a TikTok or a reel in 30 seconds, otherwise you're nothing. You know, I think that that is um, adversely affecting the journey that people, the trajectory that some people who have the right intentions are, are finding themselves maybe going down cul-de-sacs and wrong, wrong turnings. So that's something that's sort of been on my mind a little bit and how to, how to address no. that. Dude, that's, I, I get that a lot. And it's especially in New York, man, like it's. Because in New York, every business, I think, has a little bit extra pressure to feel like they need there needs to be a marketing ad. They can't just have a good product. They, there's got to be a little jingle to it, too. Mm. And so like that's how you that's how I started reaching out to producers is that I was getting some good tea. I was finding some vendors that had really good tea. But um, I was spoiled very early on, and I got some key into really good tea, and my palate remembered it. Like, it, it hooked on to that Gaoshan Oolong vibe. And it was like, oh, this is quality. This is what this is. My gut said, no, this is what it is. And so then I would go to, like, a tea room, and they'd say, oh, you like, uh, do you like Oolong? And I'd say, yeah, oh, well, we have this excellent CG Chun 
that that just came in that is just blah 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 blah, and then you taste it and you're like, this is extremely rough and and just, but yeah. they're sitting there telling you it to your face. This is good, and yeah. if you and and what I see is at least from my experience to date is that in my personal opinion, it's not good. And I think that this, I was talking to um, uh, a food journalist uh, a few nights ago um, at this book launch. Uh, I'll shout out this book. It's called Eating to Extinction by Dan Saladino. It's a really, really good book. Uh, I'm going to um, probably talk more about it, but it's all about trying to um, be very conscious about what you're eating and saving foods that are basically going extinct. Um, and uh, there's one chapter about uh, puerti, which I helped with. So that's why I was invited to this, this book launch. Anyway, and I was talking about this to this food journalist and I was saying, ultimately it comes down to people trusting their own opinion. And you said it yourself just then in my gut, I felt that this was good tea, right? And there's all kinds of things that you can sort of play with in terms of mental tricks and marketing, and you can play with sort of, you know, trying to infer quality in other ways. But ultimately, it boils down to, do you, do you trust your own opinion? Uh, do, do you have enough trust in yourself to make your own opinion? And not like stick to it, you know, in a stubborn way, of course, be able to be swayed and understand and understand nuance, etc. But you need to trust in your own gut and trust in your own instinct. And I think that that's, and that's what exactly what I told this journalist. I said, that's ultimately what we should be teaching children, you know? Yeah. And, and she said, it's interesting because there's a school program actually doing that, where they're actually going back to kids and going, try these. What do you think of it? Because, you know, like, take away all the, the the mental sort of gymnastics that is happening with the, the marketing people. But even add in what parents do to that. Dude, I can't tell you how pissed I get inside when I'm in public and I see like a mother feeding something, like the kid wants to try something and they'll go, oh, no, 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 this is bitter. You wouldn't like this. Like they'll say that about tea a lot. Yeah. They'll say, oh, no, yeah. no, no, this is, mommy likes, this is bitter. You wouldn't like it. Like basically they're just trying to be like, I think you're a little too young for tea. But instead of saying yeah. that, they just go, oh, no, it's bitter. You wouldn't like it. Yeah. So then it, it plants yeah. in their brain. And, and, and that's where the, I think the danger is. If you, if you bring up kids to basically tell them what they do and don't like, um, you know, in, it's easy to like sugar, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 not, it's not difficult to, to like sugar because it, it is so primal. It's just, you know, sweet. And so, you know, you're basically taking away people's exploration in terms of taste. If you do that, then they're just going to revert to the, the basics, the simple things, you know? And, uh, and, and I think that if there's anything that I hope that people take out of my, some would say over the top tasting notes <laughs> is, is that just trust your own opinion and taste. Like ultimately, I'm not expecting anybody to taste exactly the same things that I taste in the tea. But it's a huge bottom line of mine. I keep yeah. telling people when the first time I ever had Shanlin Shi, one of the tasting notes that my gut told me was fruity pebbles. 
there was just there was a there must have been a citric note in there somewhere that was just similar to the citrus that they use in that cereal and yeah. that's that and that's true that wasn't it wasn't foolish that i said that and it's or i even tell people that say you you take a sip and you go mm i got some evergreen evergreen yeah you know what no actually you know what i think it's more like pine yeah pine you weren't wrong for saying evergreen you were good for saying that because by saying that that led you to so it's it's it really is i stress so hard to trust your gut because that's my key to success is just exactly and 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 that is what will uh, make you choose quality over hype and that's really what it boils down to if you want to get to a point where consumers are picking things that have intrinsic quality to it and paying the money for that intrinsic quality versus paying over the top for something which isn't probably worth it it has to boil down to do you trust your own gut or are you going to be told that this is a really good tea or a really good wine or a really good honey or a really good whatever you know and i think that that is the that's the key skill that uh, anybody who wants to get into any sort of appreciation needs to develop rather than oh this famous person said that i should like this tea or you know chocolate or whatever it may be and uh, and and i i see that in you like i from day one uh from from whenever we were however long it's been and <laughs> let's not count the years but you know uh <laughs> you know that you trust your gut you're happy to say not don't like that yes like that and 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 that is um what you know what leads to uh developing i think a taste for quality i also like to be proved wrong like yeah. Uh, like I was, I was so anti roasted oolongs for so long. I was like, no, they're all garbage. They all taste like charcoal, charcoal and nothing else. That was my hard, hard opinion. And yeah. then I got contacted by a producer and they were like, Hey man, we like what you, we like, what we love what you're doing. We were listening to what you were saying and they go, you know what? For the most part, we actually agree with you. They're like, especially with like teas, like dong ding. They're like, a lot of it that's on the market is just toasted beyond belief. They go, you know, we 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 like to think that we do a couple different styles of roasting that might suit you a little bit better. Would you be, you know, do you want to try them? And I was like, oh heck yeah! I mean, if you, I loved how they confronted me about it, and I tasted their tea. And now, uh, because of them, now I have a a really nice affinity for for roasted oolongs. It's just I you have to be. You have to be presented with, like we were saying earlier, with real quality before yeah. you yourself can really say that this exactly. is good or not. Exactly. And and but you can only work with what you with the experiences that you've had. So you know, I, I have in, at times gone. No, I don't really, I don't really stand with that tea, or I, it doesn't really suit my taste. And then, as you say, you find one that does, and but but the experience is still valid beforehand. You didn't like it before because you didn't like it. Uh, it's not like oh, but Dong Ding is meant to be like one of Taiwan's most famous, you know, precious products. And you know, how could if you like Taiwanese tea? It's like no, I just don't like it. Like it's that's that is important. I think it's very very important. And instilling that confidence in kids. I mean, Ayana is a probably a special case because. She's mm -hmm. surrounded. I mean, she's she's probably consumed more tea types than 
than most adults in the Western world, you know, by the age of two. Um, and she's like, she loves bitter teas. She loves like hardcore shang pu'ers. She's like, goes crazy. I mean, her favorite is like heavy aged shang pu'ers. <laughs> she, she loves that stuff. I have to like fight her to take it away from her. She's like, more tea, more tea. I'm like, no, you can't drink anymore. Otherwise you're not gonna go to sleep, you know? And she loves olives and she loves, you know, um, dark chocolate, you know, she's, she's just deep into that stuff. But um, I think that's simply because as parents, you just let them try everything, you know, and they develop their own sort of opinions about things. My um, nephew, my nephew, who was eight, I believe eight at the time, this just last year. Oh gosh, probably later than that. Anyways, he young, young, my, my young nephew, he came and spent the night with Cassandra and I, uh, and he wanted me to make him tea. He thinks Uncle Jeff is like super cool. So he like, I showed are, him my man. tea. You are I showed him, I showed him my tea room and he was like, can you make me some tea? And I'm like, I, I guess, I mean, I could just make him a little bit. So I was like, I don't know. I just, so I just grabbed a couple tins and I was like, here, just smell these and you know, tell me which one smells good. He, I give him a couple of Taiwanese oolongs, like a couple other things. And he goes, okay, I want this one, Uncle Jeff. And he hands me Sing Ren Zhang. And I was like, okay, this could go really well. And, <laughs> or this could go really sour because there's a lot of adults that try Dan Song that are like, no, thank you. Yeah. Um, so I, so I, I was, I was seriously, I'm sitting there like carefully pouring the cup and then sitting back and, uh, he takes a sip and his eyes widen. He's, he's, he loved it. We went to go play, we did a few steeps of it. And then we went to go play miniature golf and on our way back home from miniature golf, he's like, uncle Jeff, can we have more tea? And it was like seven o'clock. So I was like, Abs I'm sorry, man. No, but, but it was, he literally liked it so much to where he wanted more of it like yeah and it, it, it that would not be a tea that i would straight up just pick out and be like kids will love that exactly i mean you know ayana basically drinks whatever we're drinking um so she gets she gets she gets to try a, a whole load of different things but it is remarkable how they just are drawn to uh well at least in my experience, drawn to tea. And it's not just her, like she has a friend who comes over. The friend's like, tea, tea, tea. They, they associate our place with tea because they know they're going to get it and, and, uh, and, and they really, really enjoy it. So yeah, I just, I think that we, we, we may fall into traps as societies where we sort of think that you shouldn't like something until a certain age or that think that, you know, um, taste, comes with with like a lot of sort of experience and knowledge but it, it is a gut thing acquired taste i exactly. hate i hate that phrase yeah like, I, i'm not saying that the the theory isn't no. applicable in, in work yeah. but like i hate hearing that about anything about tea about food because if i really take that and break it down to what they're talking about i'm like no it's not it's not like that at all yeah, and, and the word acquired as if it's somehow um, you, you've got to learn it or it's somehow given to you only through, you know, long sort of study or something is sort of like, no, taste is fundamentally something that is instinctive. And yes, you can get used to a taste and then grow to appreciate it. 
but you know, yeah, there is a there is a certain snobbery around taste that I think needs to be dispelled. And uh, I, I, you see it a lot. I don't know how you find when you do tastings in groups, but it can get very edgy. It can get very sort of tense because people nobody wants to open up with you know how they what this you know they they're not used to that whole thing of like just say shoot from the hip it doesn't matter if it's wrong and it doesn't matter as you said if you then correct it or if it leads to a discussion which then goes you go oh yeah that's what it is it's not that you know that's that's the whole point um and uh and a lot of people get scared off by it yeah i super stress to people i'm like say just talk like the tea is just that's that's the fun thing about this is yeah is is it, just go with it like it's i i think that i i also think that a lot of people are like oh you know people like again acquired taste with like single origin tea my honest experience has been if you have a a, a honest high quality very well-made tea and you uh make it right with the right utensils the right steeping time the right temperature and not with a ton of showmanship but you present it to the person in the correct way i th i think there'd be a couple cases of people that honestly didn't like the tea but i would say the other people are just people that aren't honest with themselves because i i really think a most teas at their essence even in just if it's just for a one sip experience people if it's a good tea will enjoy it yeah i mean i would hope so uh, and um, and I think that when you say the showmanship thing, I think really what it boils down to is is demonstrating in sort of a nonverbal way a certain reverence for what you are serving, you know, because you know it, it has to be treated with some respect. And uh, and uh, yeah, um, I, I, I have the same experience. It's 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 very rare that you sit down with somebody and, and make them tea that you love and they don't like it. It happens. Um, usually I find that it happens because the taste reminds them of something in their childhood or something that they just didn't like as a kid, you know, and it sort of triggers a memory in them. And it's not actually like a, a sort of baseline. Oh, I don't like this taste. It's like, oh, it reminds me of that. And I like, can't smell that or look at it because it just, you know, uh, sends me off from a memory. There's a certain look that you can see in their eyes when they take the sip and decide they don't like it. And when I see that, I, tr I try not to bombard the person, but I try to address them right then and go like, what, what, didn't, what didn't you like about it? And not like making fun of them, just being like, hey, let's work at this. What didn't you like about it? Is it was it too malty? Was it, did, was it too texture? Was it too rough? And then sometimes if you can help them just identify what they didn't like, it gets them to actually accept it. Like well, big, yeah. And, and I think that, uh, you know, the act of tasting itself is a joy. And even if you don't like the taste, it's actually, it's an experience. It's like, I don't know, like watching a horror film or something. <laughs> Maybe not as extreme as that, but... <laughs> you know this this idea of separating the because a lot of people I, do, I, I this is something that I've noticed with with quite when you do tastings and I've done as you have in the over the decades I've done many many tastings with many people and you can see that look I know that look exactly that sort of like look right mm -hmm. um, 
And I think that a lot of the time, when I have sort of drilled down into it, it's more about they feel that they need to make a judgment as to whether or not they like or dislike something immediately. Is it a yes or a no? And really, like what you're saying is, no, let's just explore the taste, right? And let's explore, you know, how you felt about it, whatever, or what it reminds you of. But the tasting experience should really take priority over the judgment of it. The judgment comes later. The tasting is the, is the, is the joy. And even if I taste a tea, okay, all right, I, there are exceptions. If I taste a tea, which I just think is just awful, like, ugh, you know, bad quality. But if you taste a tea, which you know is, you know, it's, it's a tea that's, you know, that some people love and you don't like it, it's still an engaging, interesting, enjoyable experience, even if you ended up saying, I wouldn't buy that tea, you know? And I think that that's, uh, I think that that's something that, that also is, is uh, people are very quick to try to decide whether or not this is something they like or don't like, they identify with or they don't identify with versus just going, did you enjoy the tasting experience of it rather than the taste of it? Yeah, you're right. I think they hang up like their their first decision is they think they have to say whether it's high quality or low quality when really it's just did you how was the experience for you? Exactly. Yeah. What happened? Yeah, exactly. We are we are just coming to a to a nice little closure point. I believe we are we're, we're up to our hour. Um, Too quick. I, 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 I know. I, and it was so nice a catching up because uh, it was like I said, it's been a little bit since I had just had a, a nice longer form conversation with you. Um, and then obviously to get you on the podcast was 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 a was a must have. Um, so, I mean, people are obviously know where to find you. Uh, well, I'll add all the links below. I'll get the uh, a link for that book you were talking about. I'll add that in the description as well. Yeah, um, I bet you I, I'm because I'm sure there's going to be a couple people that are going to ask about that. So, yeah, um, I'll include that as well. Um, but, you know, over everything, uh, very happy to, to, to hear that everybody is is healthy in one piece and and, you know, continuing forward. Um, I appreciate you uh, immensely as a friend, as a as, as someone that I look as as a mentor. Um, but uh, I just could not myself express enough how, how important I think you are to the tea world and uh, uh, more than pleased that you're cool with me being in that world as well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're all, we're all in this together. Like it or not, Jeff, we're all in this together. You know, we, we got to keep pushing that, that tea culture forward. And, and, uh, and I'm so thankful for you to invite me on, on your show. Awesome, man. Well, thank you again. Um, we'll be in touch. This will come out on Friday. And anybody who has questions, comments, like, subscribe, both Unity TV, Mayleaf. Yeah, uh, click, 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 click. Click, 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 all the things. <laughs> so thank you, Don. Uh, cheers to you and uh, continue to be well. You too, Jeff. Thanks. <laughs>